Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another Gamma Dude Rific Cucktastic Sausage Fest filled episode of Fanholes Comics. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined. I'm not alone. I'm joined by two, count them, two of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who is wrapped up in the lasso of truth tonight? Hey, it's Mike. Love and peace. Love and peace. Da. Hey, this is Justin, and I am the doofus who said, let's do a whole Wonder Woman month. That'll be cool. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, I was I was telling Justin off off air that I feel like I'm three for three with this, but here we go. So, so uh, we we are what we're what we're doing tonight. We're doing some some comic books. We had previously covered the first volume of Wonder Woman Earth One by Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette, and now we're doing Earth One Volume Two. So this was released October third, twenty eighteen, and I'm just gonna read hopefully a brief synopsis of what happens in. Earth One Volume 2, and then Justin, Mike, and myself, we're going to discuss. So, here we go. During World War II, Paula von Gunther leads her Nazis to the recently discovered Paradise Island for conquest. The Amazons, led by Queen Hippolyta, quickly defeat Paula and her Nazi army. They send the men to Aphrodite's world to purge their love for war and replace it with loving authority. Hippolyta decides to allow Paula to remain with the Amazons with hopes to train her to submit to the Amazon Code at Improvement Island. Before Paula leaves, she spots a young Diana and is struck by the thunderbolt of love. In the present day, Diana has become an icon as Wonder Woman. 
However, a secret council within the Pentagon, based on information taken from the Nazis on Paradise Island, plot to conquer the island and harness their technology. The council brings in Dr. Leon Zyko to manipulate Wonder Woman. Diana holds a lecture, praising her Amazonian home and their tenant of loving submission, but her audience only offers criticism, with one of them asking, why can't you put a lasso around the whole world? Questioning the complexity and commitment to her mission, Diana looks to her mother for advice. Her mother can only suggest that the longer Diana stays away from Paradise Island, the faster she will age. If Diana has anything left to learn, Hippolyta tells her that sorrow and regret can also be great tutors. Later, Hippolyta is alerted by Nubia and Mala that the symbol of the swastika was left in Diana's old room by Paulo von Gunther. Diana races with Steve Trevor in his new experimental plane, only for the plane to explode during the testing. Diana saves Steve once again. Steve explains to Diana that she intimidates powerful people and to be careful. Just then, General Darnell asks for Diana's help. In the Middle East, human trafficking terrorists attack a negotiator when Diana shows up to defeat them and liberate the captured women. After Wonder Woman meets the negotiator Zyko over a drink, Diana comments on his book on weaponized communication, while Zyko turns the conversation to Amazonian submission to loving authority, and they end the conversation with a hug, agreeing to meet again. General Darnell meets with Maxwell Lord, who presents his brand new battlesuits designated as A-R-E-S. Later, the General confides in Steve Trevor about the Pentagon plans to destroy Wonder Woman and attack Paradise Island. When Steve and Etta meet with Diana about Zyko, she refuses to heed their warning. At a shooting range, after sharing a kiss, Zyko submits to Diana's lasso of truth, admitting to his role in compromising her but also implicating Trevor and Darnell. When Zyko expects reciprocation, Diana lets him bind her bracelets with her lasso of truth. Steve then comes over and Diana attacks him, now corrupted by Zyko. Zyko tells Diana that the Pentagon needs her to be provocative, just as Steve attacking them was a provocation. Back on Paradise Island, Paula rips Hippolyta's magic girdle away, punches her hand through her chest, and escapes Paradise Island, leaving Hippolyta dead. At the Women's March, Diana declares that the Amazons will come to quote-unquote man's world to bring men to their knees, bringing an end to the age of man. The Council hears the news, just as Maxwell Lord comes in, citing Wonder Woman's statements as a declaration of war. With Lord now in charge, he unleashes the weapon that will kill Wonder Woman, Paula von Gunther, aka Uberfraulein. Beth Candy reveals to Diana that Leon Zyko is also known as a master manipulator named Dr. Psycho. Zyko arrives and brings news that Diana's mother is dead, just as her executioner Paula arrives holding Hippolyta's heart in her hand. The two superwomen fight all the way to the White House, where Diana demands Paula reveal why she killed her mother. Although Paula was controlled, she reveals she did it for love. Paula loved Diana and wanted to rule by her side. The Amazons arrive and take Diana, Paula, and Zyko back to Paradise Island. With the A-R-E-S battlesuits prepared for battle, 
Diana believes Ares, the god of war, is behind the conflicts on man's world and assumes her place as the new queen of the Amazons. To be concluded. And that pretty much in a nutshell is what happens in the graphic novel Earth One Volume 2 by Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette. So, thoughts? Um, I'd like to see myself out of this podcast if I could. <laughs> Even though, like, in wrestling terms, I'm like, who booked this shit? Like, I booked this shit? I'm just like... <laughs> okay, so... Let me start with the positives, okay? You like you look 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 in the mirror and you were like, "It was me, Justin. It was me." Oh. <laughs> are you are you like William Defoe? You're just like giggling at yourself in the mirror and shit. Like, <sighs> let me start with the positives because there are some positives with this book, at least for me. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There, there are. I like there all are. the stuff with Paula, even though she's Betty Cooper, Crazy Town, Banana Pants, and. Like, I like all the stuff on Themyscira. Like, that stuff, even though it's a little wackadoo and it's got that Grant Morrison, like, you know, he's got his goggles on and he's looking back at the Golden Age and he's reinterpreting things. Like, like I like that stuff and it's it feels very familiar to me. I, I like all that stuff. Like, the whole, you know, the Uber Fraulein. Like, I think all that stuff is fascinating because here's someone who has been... Here's someone who has their own ideology that they firmly, firmly believe, and you have the Amazons who have their own equally, I guess you could argue, more powerful ideology, and it's basically a battle of the wills between them, and they kind of – they think they've tamed her, but she's been fighting against it this whole time, so that – that was very interesting. I wish there was more of that. I think that's all the stuff that I liked. I don't know. Some of that, like Dr. Psycho seduction stuff, was – it was – interesting but it also made me feel sleazy i mean but i mean that's dr psycho i mean he's a hypnotist he's a misogynist like he's obsessed with wonder woman like that's all the you know that's all the old you know golden age silver age bronze age lore so like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i think this yeah. new interpretation is very interesting and in making him kind of making him look suave and debonair instead of being kind of short and big-headed like that was a really interesting choice but, like, all of this, like, when did you say this came out? 2018? 2018. It's very, very 2018. It's very of the moment. It's full of, like, you know, phrases and buzzwords and stuff you've seen on, like, social media and stuff. And, like, okay, there was one that kind of made me think. You know, there was that trans woman who was like, is there, is there a place for yes. me? Yeah. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, that's, that's an interesting question because, okay, she's trans. And no man is allowed on Thamascara, but she's yeah yeah. So what 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 would they do? But now but now now yeah it it do does and like that that's the funny part too is that is that an ideological rule or yeah. is that like like I always thought that, I mean I could be wrong but part of my interpretation of Themyscira was there was an element of magic to it right like like no man can set uh -huh. you know what i mean like like that there's there's a certain aspect of that where you know and occasionally they have stuff that like violates the rules you know like i'm sure occasionally like stupid batman set foot on themiscara or you know who, superman hovers over it so it doesn't count and shit like that but it's like part, part of you wonders like 
if it's a magical thing, then is is basically let's I guess the simplest way to put it without pissing anybody off is is the magic of Themyscira hip and with it in 2018 or is yeah. it not right like so and 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 they don't you know I guess I guess they bring up a lot of interesting questions but they certainly a lot of I mean answers they answer it. Yeah, they, I mean, they answer it in so much as Wonder Woman says, well, we're very progressive, another buzzword, uh-huh. you know, like, like the Amazons are very progressive, and there's a place for everybody, but then you're like, unless you're a man, like, and, so and reading this, okay. like, I feel like both sides have, like, the scummy Kool-Aid that they're trying to sell to people, because, mm, like, mm. Psycho and all those guys, they've got their own agenda, and then, I mean... Wonder Woman has their own agenda, but so do the Themyscarians. Like, they're, I mean, they even uh, address it. It's like, well, if you're, if you're making people submit and you're kind of like using external means to kind of reprogram them, like, is that, is that loving? Like, that seems like it's just drinking the Kool-Aid and being reprogrammed to me. Like, I don't know. Like, how did you take that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that, that's what you know. You know what's interesting about that is I think I think Morrison actually specifically says that, like where he, they, you know, he did he did like interviews and everything like that for DC Comics and everything. So so here, let me just do this. I was gonna do this anyway, but he's like he's like. It wasn't so much trying to be timely. It was about trying to honor William Marston's original version and thinking, okay, what would this be like? The Earth One books are very much set in a contemporary, believable world, and it was the simplicity about what would happen if Marston's ideas were taken seriously. Those are very strange ideas. You put them in the context of today's politics and gender politics, the whole thing we're dealing with, and they become quite provocative and quite extreme and strange. It was just to follow his lead and to show the Amazons the way he showed them, which was, yes, a separatist race, a technologically advanced superwomen, but they're quite happy to use mind control on their enemies. They're quite happy with that. Their idea of weapons of peace is to just control you and tell you what's right. They don't use bombs. They don't use the traditional weapons that we've seen Amazons use in the past. They will control your mind. Right now, that's a really interesting thing to explore, to see a society like that, which is very powerful, come up against a contemporary world and current politics and current affairs is incendiary to a certain degree so i mean i think even he i mean he's not stupid man he knows what he's doing he knows what he's writing like he i i I feel like these past or i feel like these previous two episodes that you and i have spent some time in marston's head so like if he were you know if he were of our time like i feel like he this is how he would apply like some of those wackadoo ideas to a comic book. Like he probably would be kind of, I don't know, dare I say radicalized and slinging all that Kool-Aid towards people. I don't know. I mean, that, that is very interesting. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying more, uh, I'm not saying Grant Morrison's a duty head or he's, uh, ignorant or anything. I just think he, he raises a lot of very interesting questions and he reinterprets some kind of golden age ideas, but uh, some of, like I said, some stuff doesn't have an answer, and I guess that's on purpose. I guess he wants, you know, I guess he wants nerds like you and I to kind of like debate this and come up with our own ideas, which is which is interesting. Yeah, but yeah, as far as like enjoying this book, like I, I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, I, I like the Themyscira, but I liked all the Themyscira stuff and the Uber Fraulein, but some of that, 
some of that stuff that takes place in man's world. Like I wasn't so hot on some of that stuff, but I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut yeah, up and let no, Mike no. speak now. Yeah, yeah. I I was gonna I was gonna move it over to Mike and just see what his first impressions were. I waved my turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean anything. I, no, anything? I, I pretty yeah. much agree with what you guys are saying. Like, I mean. Like I like I I got everything Morrison was like laying down here, but like I don't know, it's not really anything that I'm interested in. I guess is the right way to say. Like it's no, they're not questions I've asked myself. Basically, like and maybe maybe that's what he's trying to like you know get you to like ask yourself. But it's like it's not stuff I'm interested in. Basically, I guess is the way to put it like like i think like what you said justin about like you know some of the questions you had like those are interesting like that that is something you know that that is worth exploring it's just that i'm not interested in exploring it is that like a thing where like if you see mall rats and brody's like so is the things dork made of orange rock or not and you you're just saying not that you don't want Brody to get his question answered, but you just don't care what the answer is. Like, it doesn't affect or or impede your enjoyment of the Fantastic Four knowing that answer yeah, or not. Yeah, more or less. I mean, like, I, I think okay. Morrison does a, like, fair job of keeping it sort of, like, balanced, like you said, like, where, you know, it's like, even if, you know, Wonder Woman's the protagonist and, like, the Am they're trying to, you know, push the Amazon ideal in their ways, it's like, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, th those mind control, like, you know, submission, like, all that, like, that doesn't sound, like, like, wholesome, basically. Like, that doesn't sound like it's a, uh, like, fair and equal thing for everyone. I, I don't think it does. I mean, yeah, I mean, the... the the Zyko character has a lot of points. Like he, it's not, it's not completely one-sided, at least the discussion, at least, which I think makes it decidedly different from like a Mark Millar piece. But I do kind of feel like the, the, the buzzwords that Justin was talking about, like the, there, there, there are little injections of that shock jock type thing where you could see he's trying to provoke a certain reaction from people. Well, see, if if Psycho wasn't like a you know misogy misogynistic like douchebag, like would his points be then valid? Basically, like like yeah, if he was right, just right. an ordinary like you know he was a nice if he was an ally of Wonder Woman and he brought up those points to her, like then you'd be like, oh yeah, you know he is a you know he 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 does have some good points, but like you know the the nature of the story is is that he's the bad guy, so like obviously. Yeah, but just 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 because he's the bad guy doesn't mean the points he's espousing have no validity. I mean, it, I don't know. Like that that that's something I think is probably something that that he probably wants to address or or incite yeah. debate over, right? Because because you you to me like I I think the reason why I bring up stuff like Malar is I, I found moments of of Wonder Woman herself of Diana having a very much like like you look if if you take it at face value which is very really hard to do with wonder woman but if you just use like the whole warrior for peace right she's she's there to espouse peace and love and and you know be an ambassador to man's world from paradise island like if she preaches love 
But then she wants to like pull a, a Mark Millar authority and be like, well, we're going to we're going to bend man's world to our knee so that they submit. Then then you start to wonder, well, it's like so now it's as, as long as the goal, like as long as the end goal or intention is positive, it's OK for superheroes to be fascistic and then there's the age-old argument well aren't all superheroes fascistic you know like there, there, there's stuff like that where people get into that and again I, I think some of that falls into to me i i don't always necessarily agree with that like sometimes i think it's just a power trip fantasy but in that case like it might be the same answer that you had where i'm not interested in delving into those questions that deeply because to me this is an escapist fantasy and I don't want to sit here and hold judgment over which superheroes are fascist and which ones aren't, you know, depending on my personal beliefs or whatever. But I, I, I think that's, you know, that's something where I, I thought, you know, I, I know that Justin said he wasn't like super keen on or at least, you know, some aspects of Psycho were interesting, but that it wasn't all the best. Like, I, I mean, I think I agree with Justin in general. This wasn't necessarily like the greatest thing I've ever read or my favorite reading experience, but I did like their debate with the layers it had, right? Like, because just because he's trying to manipulate her and it doesn't mean that she's not trying to manipulate the world of man, right? Like, they, they, like Justin's saying, they both have certain agendas, they both have certain goals and aspirations and things that they're trying to purport, right? But underneath all of that, like, there, there's, there's something very simple where it's like, he's a good-looking guy and she's a good-looking girl. Like, like, like it, it, it's kind of funny because... They, they, they have a, a conversation, and the thing I liked about it is, like, I like the way they handled him. Like, I think, like, to me, and it's more legitimate to the, the comics as it is, but, like, I wish they would have done that with Hector Hammond in the Green Lantern movie. Like, to me, like, in the Green Lantern movie, he's a creepy, monstrous, scummy dude, and then he turns into a creepy, monstrous, scummy dude, and I'm kind of like, well, you haven't gone anywhere. Like, people were scared of you before you had a big fucking head and you were a wackadoo. Like, people thought you were a creep before that. So where else is there for you to go? Whereas, you know, I, I liked how it's like he's kind of trying to be, like, he, he's suave and smooth like a Tony Stark. Kind of, you know, Justin said he was suave and smooth. And he has that, like, Tony Stark veneer. But, you know, th then then you talk about, okay, well... People use the buzzwords, you know, they say he's he's full of toxic masculinity, he's misogynistic, right? And you think about it, it's like, you know who would be perfect for this is like the it's like Tom Cruise's character in Magnolia. Yes, like I that's that when I was reading this. I'm that's that's this version of Dr. Psycho. Brothers. And and yeah, totally. And but but again, it's like one of those things, it's like, fine, this guy may be the biggest misogynist in the world, but Every every girl out there is going to get their panties wet over fucking Tom Cruise philosophizing with them and giving them a hug and like, you know, having shots with them and, and talking, you know, philosophy with them and breaking down going, oh, I could never shoot you like this ever again, Diana. It just 
just would make me feel so bad. You know, and it's just like one of those things where it's like, they, and, and they, they play with the idea of these, what do they call them? Like these uh, uh, pickup artists. You know, the, the fact that, that, that there's this whole culture of men where it's, okay, like, this, this might get a little weird, but it's like, okay, the, the oldest uh, profession in the book, right? You pay to play, right? Like, so there's that aspect, which is frowned upon and is considered human trafficking and is wrong, right? Like, to, to most general society. Yet, it still happens every day, all the time, 24-7, right? And so, you've got that, but then you've got the people that will tell you, oh, well, you know, I met my wife, my wife met me, we had some dates, it was nice, like, I'm a normal person, and we got along, and we got married, even though... I don't know, whatever the percentage is, you know, 60, 70% of those end in divorce, but they all claim like, oh, well, we're normal. We don't uh, pay for sex. We forge uh, adult relationships with one another. And then there's probably these other guys that realize, okay, well, I can't do this because I'll get divorced and I can't do the other thing because it's illegal and wrong. But this other thing, being the skeevy pickup guy, well, as long as I manipulate and do all the right things and say all the right things and a good-looking Tom Cruise guy and do all this skeevy pickup shit, then then it's like you work the system. But then people get mad because it's like, oh, well, this guy's so malicious and worked the system. But then nobody wants to admit that they've been worked. Like, And it's like, it's kind of funny because Wonder Woman has that moment because it's like Steve Trevor and, and Beth or Etta or whatever, you know, she's like, woo you're being manipulated you know like uh, you know or whatever and and she's like oh no no you guys are wrong like he's a good guy like you're totally you're totally you're 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 barking up the wrong tree like like we're we're okay like he's fine you know and she doesn't want to hear it you know so it's like i i don't know like i i thought that was an interesting way to do it like and and i i i like that it didn't sort of brush off sort of a a uh uh, you know, they, they gave it like an ultimate spin on, you know, like ultimate Marvel Comics spin on a, a classic Golden Age Wonder Woman character. But I I did kind of like that interpretation of um, Zyko. Like, they're even doing the clever, clever thing. Like, his name is Zyko, you know? so Yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah. Now, this is something I needed to ask because I, I couldn't figure it out for the synopsis. And, you know, maybe I'm the dumb fuck or whatever. What does Aries stand for? Does it ever say what Aries stands for? Um, like these 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 mobile suits or whatever? I don't remember. Like yeah, I, 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 I looked so. I looked up and down, left and right. I tried to look online and stuff like that. I was like, I you know, I don't know if it's like, you know, the Army's Republic of espionage simple scenes like I don't, I don't know what it stands for, right? Like <laughs> like I, I I'm like the 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 armored response you know, estrogen smashers. Like, I, I don't know what it stands for. So, um, and I was just desperately trying to figure that out. And I, I couldn't. And she asked me for advice about a guy. About another guy. Another guy. Does she know how you feel about her? Have you discussed that? Yes, absolutely. And what does she say? She says she doesn't feel that way about me. I don't think there's anyone in this room that doesn't understand that kind of pain, Jeff. And I want to thank you for sharing that with us. Right? Let me tell you what we're going to teach Denise when we put our calendars to work and we set goals. 
What I say is, Denise, Denise, the piece, I mark it down, oh, I write it up, and you have been warned. Because I have my lasers, I have my tasers, I have my ICBMs, I have my bazookas, I have my jets pointed right at you. Because me and my brothers, we like to celebrate. And on the 1st of May, we celebrate B-Day. And come June, oh, baby, it is the lick of my spoon. Come August, we like to celebrate Saints Suck My Big Fat Fucking Sausage. I set goals for myself, and what? I say I do not want to take it anymore. I will not take it anymore. You think she's your friend, Joff. You come here and you think she's your friend. They're not your friends. Do you really think that she's going to be there when things go bad? Huh, guys? When things go wrong, do you think they're going to be there for us? Oh, you think again. I guess, like, there's a lot of things that are inserted. Like, I mean, I, I just kind of, I, I, I put down different things that I sort of wanted to tackle, but I kind of put them in chronological order. I mean, as far as things that I liked, I mean, you know, just keeping on that track, the way Justin went with stuff he liked and then stuff he didn't like, I did like their interpretation of Psycho. I did think it was cool that they had a Jumpa appearance, you know, like that was kind of like classic Wonder yes. Woman, you know, and I everything like, that. like yeah. that was that was sweet. I liked Paula von Gunther as Uberfraulein. And I, I think that's interesting, too, because she was never I mean, this is this is kind of equivalent to giving Lex Luthor Kryptonian superpowers like to me, like, you know, like Paula von Gunther was never, you know, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, like, fighting Wonder Woman per se, right? Like, and, and it's like, you, you could make the argument, okay, well, she takes the magic girdle at some points, and that gives her a power-up. But even even when she launches the attack, you know, in the flashback or the opening or whatever, there's still, I mean, she's still lifting up giant stuff and, and getting into fights with Hippolyta and smashing stuff around. So you're, like, thinking, like, well, she's got to be... She's got to be at least, you know, Captain Nazi level, you know, on her own, right? Like, she's got to be, you know, able to fight with, you know, somebody like Power Girl or something. You know what I mean? Like, like that that she's not just a, a saboteur, uh, an evil, you know, Nazi scientist or whatever she was in the Golden Age, you know? And, and I, I, I did enjoy, like, her getting that power up just just so there's no you know for me it's like okay great then then i don't have to sit here and you know wonder about you know what magical trinket she had to wear to fight with wonder woman or whatever it is it just seems like okay she's kind of like this you know nazi you know super soldier or super you know woman soldier or whatever that that's that's and and then i guess the thing i was going to ask is and i don't know if this is something that Mike's like super familiar with, but I, at least Justin will be. Like, do you think that Paula's like heel? It's like, it, you know, in in the Golden Age books, she's a heel and she has a face turn, and for the most part, with with a, 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 with some occasional relapses because comics, like the the standard track is she's like a, a Dragon Ball Z bad guy, you know, like they fight. They don't get along, but eventually Wonder Woman, you know, sends her to Reform Island, makes Paula her friend. She becomes, like, the chief scientist of the Amazons. At some point, she's even, you know, running Themyscira, you know, while Hippolyta's out to lunch, I think, during the crisis and stuff like that. Like, so it's like she becomes a valued 
Amazon, like, like legitimately pre-crisis she does, right? So, and then, you know, of course you got post-crisis and they'd still play up, you know, certain villain aspects and all that stuff. But, so I guess my question is, like, do you think, like, is, is this, is this Morrison's way of trying to, like, subvert longtime Wonder Woman readers' expectations because in the back of your head, you're like, oh, yeah, sure, she's a bad guy. And then she's going to become their friend. And then it turns out, oh, no, she's not going to become their friend because she's still she's still drinking her own set of Kool-Aid and gets that turned on by Maxwell Lord. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's like Thor the Dark World and Hippolyta's Toast. I guess that's what he was going for. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm totally unfamiliar with the character, but okay. I I was kind of even after they like turned her, I was kind of like like you know something ain't right with that with that woman. Like, so, like, I kind of expected something else to happen. I did like that General Darnell is like the one good old white man or whatever <laughs> the fucking thing that they're not all assholes. So uh, I'll I'll stick up for General Darnell. How did you feel about Stephen? It's because aside from a couple of moment moments, it feels like he's kind of like home throughout most of this story he he's sidelined and so is uh, so is beth etta i mean mm-hmm. it, it's weird like there, there's the one moment where they have the i think you know i'm not sure if it's morrison or yannick paquette but there's that one moment where it's almost classic golden age like etta candy where they're doing the marching band thing when wonder woman's doing all these like press circuits and everything where they're in that little parade and it almost looks like classic you know, Etta Candy and the Holiday Girls type thing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, outside of that, I mean, see, that that's the problem. It's like, it's like the, the, you know, Psycho is so good, he overshadows everything. And because Diana's so caught up in his appeal and attraction and and i think that's something that bothers people too because because it's it's one of those things where it's like if 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 wonder woman's supposed to be a representation of feminism and uh women with you know using more buzzwords but you know women with a sense of agency and all that kind of stuff then i don't think that contingent of of supporters enjoy seeing wonder woman be enticed by uh, a shuckster right (laughs) like but yet that's that's probably the most interesting part of this graphic novel you know that 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 the from from like page one he he's out to manipulate her and what's what's brilliant about it is you think there's all these things you know a magic lasso of truth like there there should be all these things where people you know it's like it's like that thing where you, you have that annoying friend that's like what the Flash is so fast? Why doesn't he just read all the books and cure cancer? You know, blah. you know, and 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 they try to ruin you know this escapist fantasy for you. But yet you've got somebody like Morrison, where it's like, okay, there is a lasso of truth, and he tells her the absolute truth under the lasso. But the minute she takes the lasso off, he slips in. Oh yeah, and Trevor and Darnell were behind it too. And you're like, well, the lasso's off. Do you know what I mean? Like, but so it's like he lies at all the right moments and, and, and he lets her, you know, he submits to her at, at all the opportune moments with all the information he's willing to submit to her, you know? And it's, it's like that, that's, that's what makes, I, you know, to me, that's what makes that discussion interesting about 
the 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 loving submission and everything, right? Like because you're 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 sitting there thinking like, oh well, you know, like like she has she has this quote like about it's like it's like Zyko basically says like you know it, it, it's funny because because of course you know you can throw tomatoes or eggs or stones or say, send angry emails or whatever, but you know as Justin was saying, we've been kind of immersing ourselves in the Marston, you know, I guess psychology and 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 books and 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 you know movie adaptations and all this stuff for a while now and the the you know to to us loving submission is a difficult concept and and to me I'm I'm kind of like I mean maybe it's Morrison but Zyko hits the nail on the head for me because it's something I feel like I've said in the past couple podcasts where he says well you know unless the authority the loving authority is utterly benign and has everyone's best interest at heart, then loving submission is problematic. And Wonder Woman's argument is, well, yeah, well, women will be in charge, so it'll be fine. And it's like, well, okay, but then it's like that's not I benign. Mean, that that's not benign. And then and then on top of that, like if if you say like, okay, let let's take it at, you know, presume the best of people, right? Like, if it is the idealized Wonder Woman and Amazons, like, even that is kind of presumptuous, right? Because that's when it comes into, you know, Zyko spouting off everything that, you know, the the, the stuff that we saw in the Jill Lepore book, where it's like, well, wait a minute, mind control, eugenics, like, you know, like, you know, that that kind of stuff, you're like, well, that's, that doesn't sound like, you know, something that, that, you know, you would want, you know, something you'd be willing to uh, capitulate to in order to to end war. Like, basically, if somebody said, oh, well, you can end war, but uh, everyone has to be maxi zoom dweebies and you have to mutilate, like, 70% of the world's babies. But there'd be no war. Like, is that cool? Like, I don't know. I guess you have to answer that yourself. But, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like there, there, there's something where, you know, you, you're kind of like, there, there are problems to that, you know? So. Uh, Derek, by the way, I found it. Ares, armed response environment suit. Thank you. Armed response environment suit. Is that in the book? Yes, it's on page 64. Oh, okay. I see it. Ah, okay. Totally missed that. But yeah, you're totally right. Uh, armed response environment suit. All right. Cool. Okay, you were elected to lead and not to read. Yes, yes. <laughs> Respect the cock. And tame the cunt. Tame it. Take it on head first with the skills that I will teach you at work and say, Noah, no. you will not control me. Noah, no. you will not take my soul. Noah, no. you will not win this game. Because it is a game, guys. You want to think it's not, huh? You want to think it's not, you go back to the schoolyard. You have that crush on big-titted Mary Jane. Respect the cock. You're embedding this thought. I am the one who's in charge. I am the one who says yes 
No. no. Now. Yeah. Here. Yeah. It's universal, man. It is evolutional. It is anthropological. It is biological. Oh. It is animal. We are. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm definitely done with, with the positives or whatever. Alright, so there's a lot of costume changes in this. Uh, Wonder Woman has a, a variety of different costumes. I, I don't know that I like any of them. So I'm like, am I an asshole? Or does like, I don't know, that pantsuit that she has when she's teaching at the college, giving a lecture. Like, I was kind of like, now she looks like a like wonder stewardess or something. Like, I don't know that I like that. <laughs> Yeah. Then, you know, then then we've got the main shock jock thing, right? Which is that they have, I guess it's the Wonder Nakab, right? Which is the most shock jockiest thing in the book, as far as I'm concerned. So I think the logic is, well, let, let's, let's see. I, I won't, I won't espouse my own ideas. I'll just, I'll just read what the official book says and then, and then people can decide for themselves. So it starts off saying Wonder Burka. This is, this is from the design in the back. Grant had this bold and thought-provoking idea of having our Diana dress in a burqa for her Middle Eastern adventure, thus embracing, open-mindedly, diversity and other cultures. I wasn't convinced with my early burqa ideas and felt this potentially slippery design needed some respectful, legit cultural grounding. My Muslim friend, ex-studio mate, and wonderful artist, Sonia Anwar, came to my rescue with these gorgeous designs. We ended up with a Wonder Nakab instead. Thanks, Sonia. Yannick. So that's from the, the designs of this in the back of the book. And then just to illustrate, because I, I didn't really spell this out in the synopsis, because I don't think it matters ultimately, but in the moment where basically Zyko is is a negotiator, right? And he's he's held hostage and he's got the mask over his head and he's trying to free these human trafficked women from these Middle Eastern terrorists. And then Wonder Woman rolls in and kicks all their asses and frees the women and saves Zyko. And then that's when they go off and have this philosophical discussion and drink shots and have a hug. So... When she does this, she's in this niqab when she strolls in. And I do think that for me, that kind of bugged me, I guess, because I, I think the way I tend to think of it as is I, I can see the logic that is trying to be purported, but, but I also get that it's also designed to be inflammatory as well. So, like... It's so I guess the idea is right. Wonder Woman dresses up in the American flag normally, right, to be an ambassador to man's world. Right. So if you make the argument you're desecrating the flag, then you have to point back and say, well, Wonder Woman's wearing a bathing suit like the American flag. So you can't be mad at Wonder Woman wearing the American flag as a burqa. But I just think it's kind of like. She's. She's being, like, who is she being an ambassador to? Like, the Muslim world? The Muslim world where there's, like, these terrorists that are going to sell these women into slavery? But you can't even really have this argument, because later you find out 
Zyko staged the whole thing. So then it does what I hate about Iron Man 3, which is it turns the Middle Eastern terrorist into the fucking Easter Bunny like they don't fucking exist, which makes me even more mad because it's all just a figment of uh, these people's imagination, like they're not real. So I guess just in general, if it's designed to incite and be incendiary, like it, it worked because it worked. But I, I'm not just going to throw myself under the bus because I, I did look up some of this stuff. And what I thought was interesting was when I looked up Wonder Burka, the first couple things that came up in a Google search was this cartoon called, uh, it basically it's like it, all these articles about a animated series called Burka Avenger from Pakistan. And apparently it's a cartoon where this mild-mannered teacher like throws books and pens at people in a burka. So like that, and it's supposed to be like kind of like this positive role model type thing where she's a teacher during the day and an Avenger at night and fights the evil bad mans who are, you know, probably supposed to be representative of either, you know, Middle Eastern terrorists like the Taliban or, you know, evil capitalist guys. Cause I guess they have like a gold chain with dollars or something like that. So she fights all those guys, but what I think is interesting is they they talk about how even when that cartoon came out in 2013, there were plenty of people, even from the same community, that just didn't like the idea of that. So, like, they, they talk about, some think it's a bad idea for her to wear a burqa, an outfit viewed as a sign of oppression. The Taliban forced women to wear burqas when they took control of Afghanistan in the 1990s. Mari Sirvmed, an Islamabad-based journalist and human rights activist, tells the BBC it sends the wrong message. It is subversive and says that you can only get power when you don a symbol of oppression, says Sirmed. It is demeaning to those brave women in the conservative parts of Pakistan who have been fighting for women's rights, education, and justice who have said no to this type of stereotype. And, of course, the, the creators don't really care, and they say, no, 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 this isn't oppression, and yada, yada, yada. Like, she, she's just, it, it's funny the way they say it, too, because the, the creator's like, she's using the burqa to hide her identity like other superheroes. Since she is a woman, we could have dressed her up like Catwoman or Wonder Woman, but that probably wouldn't have worked in Pakistan. So it's kind of like he's judging how people dress here, but anyway, I don't know. But so so there, there, there's a bunch of stuff that's designed to be incendiary. And, and I, I just think it's funny because that that's something that sort of gets tangled up in the Wonder Woman philosophy to me, because I'm like thinking, OK, like if you're wearing the cultural garb and certain people, even within the own culture, like the article I just mentioned, view that as oppression, right? That that just just making women wear that is a symbol of oppression, right? Like that's that's what this person said, not me, right? So that's why I'm trying to cover my ass. But this other woman said it's a symbol of oppression. So it's so if it is, right? If you take that commentator at her word, then why would Wonder Woman? put on a symbol of oppression that looks like the American flag. And also, like, she 
like wears her bracelets, right? Which are a symbol of oppression. So you, you're like, it, does that make it even more tangled? Because, you know, Hercules raped her mom and, and bonded her and all that stuff. And then they all wear that. So it's like, is that supposed to be like her taking the power back, you know, or whatever? Like, I don't know. But anyway. When I saw that, my immediate thought was Wonder Woman wouldn't do that. Like, she she would. I Like, I. Okay. The way that I look at and interpret Wonder Woman I could see her being offered this, like, oh, hey, Diana, we made this uh, burka or whatever it's called for you to wear. I can see her just looking at it and saying, no, I'm going as I am. I'm not going to wear that because it's demeaning and it's oppressive to the women who live there. Like, that's all. That's what she's all about. She's Wonder Woman. She's She wouldn't – It would like, if it's demeaning to women – I don't even think she would put her own spin on it and have this costume designed. I think she would just go in, guns blazing, as it were, you know, just as she is in her Wonder Woman costume and fly in there and save people as she is. And she wouldn't give a crap about wearing this outfit. I agree. I mean, and what's funny is she has the dialogue about on Amazonia, those girls would have been taught to fight and never submit. And I'm kind of like, but aren't you about loving submission? And what about them all wearing the burqa? Like, if it's a symbol of oppression, aren't they submitting to that oppression by wearing it? Like, and, uh, you know, and, okay. I mean, I guess it's not for me to judge, right? But I'm I'm going to ask the question, you know? So, okay, so if, if they want this to be interpreted as she is respecting their cultural beliefs, okay, then she has no respect for the you know, man's world for the cultural taboo of kissing a married man because Dr. Psycho kisses her and her immediate response is, you call that a kiss? I'll show you how to kiss. And she lays one on him. So it's kind of, it's like, okay, she she has respect for this culture which forces women to wear this demeaning and oppressive garb but she has no respect for marriage, which is worldwide except for Themyscira. Like I don't either. That's either they didn't think about that, or there's a gap in her like learning of man's world, or I, I don't know what to think about that. Well, and and again, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't seem to track with how things are portrayed on Themyscira, right? They they talk about it's polyamorous, and it's a. I mean, like that's that's another wrinkle, right? Because you're like, oh, not only. Not only is it an island full of women, and then they're saying, okay, well, the women there clearly have relationships, but then you find out Hippolyta's like this uh, swinger, right? Like, it's not it's not good enough that she's with Nubia. She's with Nubia and Mala, right? Like, so, so like, there, there's that aspect to it as well. And then, and then there's that weird twisted aspect to it, for me at least, in the sense of Paula, right? Because Paula sees Diana, and... To me, like, she immediately falls in love with her. And, like, what's weird about that is it reminded me... You, you'll remember this movie, I think, Justin, but you remember the, the, the weird French movie, The High Tension, and then the twist is, like, the twist? Do you remember that movie? Mm, no, I don't think I saw that. Oh, okay. So there, there was this movie, right? And, and so, so basically it was, it was about this girl and it was almost kind of like Jeepers Creepers where like, it, you know, it was this really intense French horror movie and, you know, it's all this gore splatter and all this other stuff. But I, I think the twist turns out that 
the lead character who you've been following this whole time, seeing all these grisly murders, who's really in love with this other girl, it turns out she's the Betty Cooper psycho chick who's been chainsawing these people all along because the girl she's in love with doesn't love her back. So it, it reminded me of Paula Von Gunther in this, where it's like she's kind of cray cray because of like things that you know it's like it's like you have your own little perception of the world that doesn't really exist like you've sort of made it up for yourself right and and that's that that was another thing like that tacked on to all this kind of stuff like like there's that weird line of dialogue that Hippolyta says where she's like if if you're so if you need to submit to something, like basically if Paula von Gunther needs to submit to Nazi ideals and philosophy, like, well, we can we can hook you up with someone who you can submit to that's going to be a beneficial loving authority, which if that's the case, they never seem to do that. So that's probably on them. Like, I don't know. Like, like I'm just kind of like... I I kind of interpreted that as, oh, we have someone here on the island who's into some kinky shit. We can hook you up. Like that's kind of how I looked at that. <laughs> yeah, but 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 even beyond that, like like if it's like, dude, if you have to, if if you if you have to submit to an ideal like Nazism, then mm-hmm. then that. So, I think at least the way I interpreted it was that that was built into her DNA, like possibly like, like, you, you know how they talked about in the whole, uh, uh, when, when they go to see the guy who ties them up with the ropes and he says there's doms and there's submissives. Like the way I took it, like, I get what you're saying. You're just viewing it as purely kinky. But like, if, if you look at it as like on the world stage of politics, if you're a dom and you're a submissive, right? Like, if you're a dom, then that means you're a world leader telling people what to do, or at least people look to you and say, hey, you know what? What, what do you think about this political situation? Because guess what? Those people asking that, they're submissives. They're saying, gee, Mr. Radio Talk Show host, or gee, Mr. Senator, or gee, whoever the fuck, like, what do you think I should think about this? Because I don't know what to think, because I'm a fucking idiot. And then they they tell them what to think, and then they go out and parrot it to everybody. So, like, and then, and then, and then you know, for whatever, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into it too deep, but basically, to me, the way I took it is, she said, look, if you need to be a fucking parrot, We'll hook you up with the right person to parrot, like basically, which to me seems very, you know, authority fascist. Like, like basically, if you if you want to follow somebody's asinine crazy teachings, like we'll hook you up with the asinine crazy teachings that that fit our narrative, mm. not the Nazi narrative. Okay. Like, and and I'm like, well, you know, I I don't know what happened on um. What, whatever it was, like Refer- Reformation Island or whatever, but clearly that didn't work, right? Because that's the twist, right? Like, you're, you're thinking if you're reading Golden Age comics and you, you figure this is going to be a paint by the numbers and she's just going to be the, the chief scientist, well, that, that doesn't take it all, right? Like, so... here for the fucking food you are here for me to enlighten you 
to edify you, to send you off into the now not so unknown future. So come along with me. How to fake like you are nice and caring. No, I, I don't want a microphone. Now this, <clears throat> this is a quite an important chapter as you will see. But let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get right down to it, boys. Let's get right down to it. Men are shit. What? Men are shit. Well, isn't that what they say? Isn't that what, because we do bad things, don't we? We do horrible, heinous, heinous, terrible things. Things that no woman would ever do. No, women, they don't lie. No, women don't cheat. Women don't manipulate us. But you see what I'm getting at? Oh, yeah, you see what I'm getting at? You see what society does? Boy, little boys, it's... Yeah, we are taught to apologize. I am sorry. I'm so sorry, baby. I am so sorry. What is it that... What is it, huh? What do you... Is it their, their pussies, their uh, love? Yeah, mommy wouldn't let me play soccer, and daddy, oh, he hit me. So that's, that's who I am. That's, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> I can bullshit. I will not apologize for who I am. I will not apologize for what I need. I will not apologize for what I want. Okay. I, I like the art. The art's very beautiful. It's yes. really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's probably my main positive. Is like the art's great. What uh, I guess th for me, this is a more sensitive point than it might be for other people. But like, I get now that for for forever and ever now, Maxwell Lord's gonna be like an evil bad guy. But like, he wasn't always that way. At least for me, right? And and like, it seems like this is a strategically placed character like like he's in the second volume i imagine whenever the third volume was scheduled to come out it was probably time to come out right around the time wonder woman 84 drops because maxwell lord's in that too you know like type thing so like i don't know like for me like you know going back to the whole countdown to infinite crisis thing like that i always found kind of sad you know like like i was always uh, sick to my stomach, you know, disturbed about how that all played out. So, like, to me, it's... I I, I think it's kind of unfortunate that, like, the presumably more people see the Supergirl TV show or more people will see Wonder Woman 84 than, like, read, I don't know, Justice League International comics, you know? So, to me, I'm like, oh, well, the only thing people are going to know about Maxwell Lord is he's just some Wonder Woman bad guy. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's too bad, you know? But that's, I guess that might just be me, but that's that's one of my sort of, uh, I guess, negatives. I mean, it's not, you know, to me, I'm like, ah, at this point, I guess I should be numb to it, but I, I, I don't think I always am. It's weird because, like I said before, I didn't read a lot of the blah ha ha when I was oh, okay. growing up. So, okay. like... I guess, I guess I'm one of those people who kind of like came to Maxwell Lord later through like Countdown to Infinite Crisis, where I, I just kind of I know he has a prehistory of 
you know, being a league ally, but then all of a sudden he does his heel turn and blows out Ted Court's brains, and that's uh, that's a that's a hard image to get out of your your head thoughts. Yeah, that yeah. scene. So I don't know. I think my my I think I'm one of those people who like my perception of him is colored just because of the way I came to that character. Like I didn't right that 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 was. That that was your first introduction to the character. Well, not first, but like I said, I hadn't read a whole, I hadn't read very many Boahaha Lee era comics to begin with. Mm. Like I'm trying to think of like like something that might mean something to you, but but it it almost be like if if I don't know. I'm just trying to think of somebody that I I I don't think of as like a horrible person, but you know. I I mean I I could just pluck out anybody at random, but I mean it's like, dude, what if what if like all of a sudden Casey Jones was just like, fuck turtles, and, like <laughs> sh- shot Donatello in the head, and you're just like, okay. you know, like to me that that's 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 my worldview of it, you know, like where where and then and then all of a sudden after that like nobody knew Casey Jones is like the cool ally of the turtles who wore hockey masks. He was just that that jerk who like you know, I don't know, fought with uh, Wonder Woman or whatever, you know, and, and, and Wonder Woman had to snap his neck, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> and I'm just thinking of Maxwell Lord being like, fuck the Blue Beetle. He has obviously a very important role in the history of Wonder Woman. Back in the day, Wonder Woman very famously snapped Maxwell Lord's neck, and it was one of the first things she did when she became the warrior version of Wonder Woman, rather than the peace-given version of Wonder Woman. So it seemed a significant moment, and I wanted to kind of set up a certain expectation of how she is going to deal with Maxwell Lord. I kind of want to set up book three with Maxwell Lord, and to bring us to that moment where she has the opportunity to snap his neck again. We'll see what happens this time. So he's he's clearly he's clearly uh, nudging, you know, he's nudging me with his elbow, you know. And then to him, he he definitely talks about how you talked about Steve Trevor. Like he, he literally is like, I love the idea of just Steve Trevor as her best friend. Like so, it sounds like he's like he's like when you have a really good best friend that doesn't have to be your sexual partner. That that could also explain why he doesn't get as much play in this this you know you know for me like my final takeaway is Morrison Morrison went out of his way like he they weren't sure if they were gonna do other graphic novels after the first one so it sounds like he was pretty content with that as a standalone story right and I think we covered the first one I think it works as a standalone story. When they got the go-ahead to do these other ones, he knew he was going to make it a trilogy. So this is the second part of his Wonder Woman Earth 1 trilogy, essentially. Now, he compares it to Empire Strikes Back. He wanted to put everybody in a bad spot and leave it on a cliffhanger and have it be like, you know, oh, people are getting, you know, locked up in carbonite and all this other stuff. And, you know, what what's going to happen next? Oh, no. But... To me, I think it kind of suffers from that because this isn't a standalone story. You have to read the first Earth one to even get a handle on it. And it's kind of like it suffers from middle child syndrome. Like, to me, it's not Empire Strikes Back. It's like Back to the Future 2. You know, it's like, it's like you, you, you it, it's got stuff that you're excited about, that something that is, is a little appealing, but, you know, ultimately it's like, 
there's not a lot of substance to it. And by the time you get to the end of it, it's like, guess what? You have to come back in two years for the rest of the story. And you're just like, oh, what a bummer. You know, but that's that. I mean, ultimately that, you know, yeah, there, there are a lot of things in this that were interesting. There are a lot of things in it that, that I don't quite agree with. And then by the end of it, it's kind of like, guess what? Fuck face. You got to wait two years <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, to, to get the next uh, chapter. So yeah, ultimately, it, like I was I was kind of disappointed with that. I, I definitely felt like there wasn't as like a cohesive a story as like volume one. Like I, I like when it ended, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, OK, at least Mark Millar didn't write it. That would have been. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be probably a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I agree that Morrison probably gave it a lot more balance than it could have had. He'd probably have Diana like sexting Doctor Psycho or something. Doctor Psycho would be like walking around saying like really specific numbers and stuff. Like, I just had thirty-seven good ideas. Like, I just had thirty-seven BJ's and thirty-seven good ideas, and I'm a horrible, horrible person. But Wonder Woman will fall in love with me. Muhahaha. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I liked some stuff in this book. Definitely interesting and thought-provoking. I don't regret reading it. I just, I don't know, there, there was just too much pulled from, like, 2018 that I'd rather forget because all that stuff just gives me a headache and makes mm -hmm. me grumpy and stuff. But, you know, like, book three, I mean, I'll read it because I like Wonder Woman, and I'm curious – to see where this, is, where this is going, like if he's, you know, if he's trying to set up some moment where Diana may may have to kill Max Lord again, like I would be interested in, in seeing that because I'm like, okay, well, would this version, would the Earth One version of Wonder Woman, like, would she snap his neck if she was right, put right. in a, if she was put in that situation? I don't know. Like at this point, I'm going to say no, but I think it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, it's weird. I mean, she lets she lets Paula off the hook. Like, I think if you were yeah. gonna kill anybody, it'd be her because she ripped your mother's heart out. And I I find that, on the whole, like kind of unbelievable. Yes. You know, like like I, I I don't know. I mean, even the most adamant pacifist, like if you said, "Hey, this person ripped your mother's heart out and brought it to you," like I don't know that that people are gonna sit there and go, "Oh, well, gee, we'll we'll fix you, Paula." Like. You're, you're just, you, you, that girl ain't right. We're going to take her to see the doctor. Hey, you know, hey, it's like, what? Hey, she, she was sorry. She was sorry. She was sorry. Well, it's funny because, because again, I, I, this is where I'm going to end this because I like doing my stupid Morrison voice. But Morrison seems to be in love with his version of Paula Von Gunther because he's like, I thought there's a sadness to that character. In the original comics, Paula Von Gunther, she's classic Nazi super spy. She has a bunch of girls that do her bidding. But in the end, she willingly submits to the Amazons and she's taken and she's seen as a kind of success story for the Amazons because they managed to reprogram her. So we played with that again. It was the idea of let's see what happens when the Amazons actually apply the technology and to see her being broken down. I find it quite horrific almost when you see the Amazons reducing her and taking away her sense of self. It's kind of scary. So I felt sorry for the character. This is a woman who's just been controlled by everyone. And for Diana to show compassion and to not beat her into the ground and to actually say, we'll make this better, even after what she does in the book, which is a fairly horrific act, I wanted to redeem her. 
I love the original story of Redemption, but to try and see that in a more ambiguous way. So, again, I think he's he's definitely playing that that fiddle, that Morrison. So yeah, so if you uh, if you have any comments, questions, and/or concerns, because there's going to be plenty of concerns, you can send them to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Comics Motherfucker, do you read them? They are over on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We can be found on all kinds of social media. We're over on Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets that we receive. And we can be found on Apple Podcasts. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, signing off. And this is Justin. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs>
like I, I was when you were talking about how they just didn't end up fixing like uh what do you call what's her name Paula yeah I was kind of thinking of that scene in the Simpsons where Homer's just sitting on the couch and the zombies are trying to break in and they're like like hey Mala didn't you fix Paula like why oh right the Nazis no like <laughs> Back in the day, in the Barbarella movie, she's got a new Paco Rabanne costume in every scene. And I thought, let's do that with one. Give her a new costume for every occasion. Okay, Wonder Woman, Earth One, Volume Two. Uh, you just described it as the Empire Strikes Back yeah. of the trilogy. Mm -hmm. So explain why that is. Well, it's just this is the one in the middle of the story where everything goes wrong for our characters and we set up basically the, f the finale. So it's a little bit different. The first one was quite self-contained because we didn't know if we'd get another two, so we wanted to make a, a statement. But once we get into the second one, we start putting in plot threads and we start you know, pulling the rug out from Wonder Woman and from under everything that we've set up so that we can kind of lead into this massive finale. So, yeah, I call it The Empire Strikes Back because we have our carbonite moment at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about... Uh, when he says, you know what? Wonder Woman should have many more costumes here. Because <laughs> there's going to be more Wonder Woman costumes yeah, there. A, in this book, every, right? Every scene she has a new costume. It's like, no, the, you're, come on, really? seriously? Every like, scene? No, because we got the idea from Barbarella, and we thought back in the day, in the Barbarella <laughs> movie, she's got a new Paco Rabanne costume in every scene. And I thought, let's do that with one. Give her a new costume for every occasion. Yeah, and it's, it's, there's something fun in it is that um, comic book character are really associated closely to their costume. I mean, if you change a costume, then is it still, I don't know, mm -hmm. Spider-Man or whatever. But the idea of having this co the costume just inferior to Diana as, as a character is kind of interesting also, which she will remain Wonder Woman even though we change the costumes. Mm -hmm. Yannick, tell me how it is working with him who, who secludes himself and communicates by, you know, carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, how did you guys break through the story and how did you guys walk each other through it and figure things out and, and you get an idea of how you're going to approach it from the, from the art side? Yeah, well, it's, it's really through the script, but also as it is uh, a work in progress, I will propose a reading of, of the script and then Grant can pick it up and uh, you usually do like a final pass with the, the dialogue and can adapt to some of the, the, the change. And because the script is like, chunk at a time, mm -hmm. we're kind of finding our, our own way, depending, yeah. uh, you know, the next 10 pages will be kind of based on you, how you feel on the, the pages that I just produced. Mm -hmm. and is so that just how you guys work together? Or do you, is that how you like to work with artists? Because that sounds like a pretty uh, intuitive and organic uh, process there. Well, for me, I mean, I like to work that way with artists that I really trust, you know, so as we were saying earlier, like Frank Quietly, Chris Burnham, there's people mm -hmm. I know that they can interpret my stuff really well. So I don't have to be so heavy-handed. I don't have to do a huge script. I can send in, here's, here's kind of what I'm looking for. Yannick gets it. Then he gives me something back that might surprise me. It's something new. It's something mm -hmm. interesting. That will then excite me, and that's going to inspire me, and I'll change the dialogue or take out dialogue to suit what he's done. So, yeah, it's a pretty organic. It's like playing tennis. It's not, I'm not handing him a giant script, or I'm, you know, I'm not relying on him to do everything. We, we're working quite closely and tightly together, but in a way that it doesn't really require a lot of uh, back-and-forward talking. We just talk through the work. Yeah.